Welcome back, listeners, to a new episode of The New Standard. As always, I have my partner in crime to my left. What's up, Big Neil? Beautiful Wednesday, Lance. Beautiful Wednesday. We are uh, we're excited to go here. Um, this is our show leading into, it's a historical moment, people, leading into the game in which the Steelers are are larger underdogs than they have been in the Mike Tomlin era. 14 points. 14 point underdogs at Buffalo this week. But you know what? We're going to break it down. We're going to hash it out. We're going to say why. No, we're not going to say why the Steelers are going to win this game. But we are going to talk about it. We've got Nick Woten of Bill's Wire who's going to join us. We're excited for that, Lance, right? We are. And I'm so excited you know, I, I just want to sing. Kenny, 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 Pickett. It's the start of the Kenny Pickett era. And I've lived through the Bradshaw era, the Big Ben era, Cordell Stewart, Kenny Pickett, Jim Miller, Kent Graham, Bobby Brister. Wow. The Kenny Pickett era is beginning, Kenny. But with that, we're going to hop into the program. As always, if you want to participate in the show, you can join the experience on YouTube. Do a search for The New Standard and Neil Kulong and Lance Williams. You can also go to your local podcast feeder or any podcast feeder and do a search for The New Standard and Steelers want to thank everybody for joining us this morning and, and getting your morning started right. So, Neil, before we jump into all the discussion around uh, Kenny Pickett, I, I, want, I wanted to ask a couple of I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Riddle, riddle me this. I, I know the answers already, but but I want you to answer for the listeners. Let me let me ask you, Neil. Big Neil, have you ever owned an NFL team? I have not. On the on the bucket list. Okay, number two, Neil. Have you ever been an NFL GM? Uh, no. Also, bucket list. Okay, number three, Neil. Have you ever been an NFL head coach? No, no desire to do that. I was. I thought you were going to say that, uh, Neil. Have you ever been an offensive coordinator? Oh, definitely not. They would not want me. I'm a defensive guy. Absolutely. Me too. Hit people. I'm an aggressive guy, so hit people. (laughs) Um, Another question. Neil, have you ever been an NFL quarterback coach? No. No. Previous life, maybe, but probably not. Lastly, have you ever been an NFL scout? Have you been part of an NFL scouting program, advanced scouting? Have you been a scout? Um, Not at the NFL level. (laughs) Probably not very good at the level I was at. The reason why I ask you all these questions is that you were Neil Stradamus a very few months ago when we were talking about Mitch Trubisky. You were very much Neil Stradamus. There was a lot of tape on, and and I want to give you your credit, although there was ample amount of tape on uh, Mitch Trubisky and, and, and what he was as a quarterback. So astutely, you said months ago, Mitch Trubisky is trash. I'm just synthesizing <laughs> everything that you said. Boil it, like, boil it down. 
I just down to boil smack it down, him right between the eyes. Re- reduce it that 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 Mitch Trubisky is trash. That he pretty much is what he is. He's a replacement level guy. He's quarterback thirty three. He's a tier four guy, tier four, tier five guy, according to Mike Sandoz article. On uh, on quarterback, so Marcus J is killing me. Neil was spot on, trash. <laughs> and the reason, and, a, and my build up, my build up to all this is, and we talked a little bit about this a couple of days ago off air. You haven't been an owner, a GM, a head coach, an OC, a quarterback coach, or an NFL advanced scout, and you knew. He was trash. Why didn't they know he was trash? You know, when, I, it, when this goes, let me, let, me, let me also ask you this. Was this a mistake when you get off of this in three and a half quarters? Can we consider the Mitch Trubisky era as short as it lasted a mistake? The second of those two questions is what's important here. Because the first one, to be honest, I don't I, I can't honestly say it was a mistake because what Trubisky had, and this is still true, was and is starting experience. Coaches want to have that because it is easier to know what they have and it's easier to plan for an offense that's going to involve probably 16 players um, throughout a, 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 an extended drive. You're probably using that many guys on the field. Knowing that, going with the guy that you know can do this and that and the other thing, who has experience in preparing for a game, he has experience in in managing an offense, that's what you're signing. What I said about Trubisky was he reached his ceiling. We know exactly who Mitch Trubisky is, and it's not good. The argument at that point splits into a couple different ways, okay? From the fans' perspective, it was all about, well, Matt Nagy sucks and he's probably good. And once the Steelers get a hold of him, he's going to be good. No, none of that. No, it, there comes a point in the NFL, you know what a guy is. And we knew what Mitch Trubisky was. And I'll even say this, Lance, we talked about this off air. Mitch Trubisky is exactly who we thought he was going to be. I'm not even remotely surprised. I'm not even disappointed. He is what he made a lot of mistakes. He was not particularly aggressive. He took the safe route in every situation. And I'm willing to bet he was coached to do that. They told him to do that. The thought was, come in, manage what we're giving you to manage. Don't screw up, and we'll take care of the rest. When you draft the quarterback on top of that, one of the first round, not talking about the the pick they blew in the seventh, you're a placeholder. You're hanging on to that spot until the rookie is ready to play. That that it it, it happens every single time. And the, the thought process from the fan base from March when you sign the veteran to April when you draft the rookie through to whenever the rookie takes over. The thought process always is the veteran is better. They signed him to play this and that and the other thing. It, it is fully possible that the idea was he needs a month in game scenarios he needs to be around it he needs to understand the flow he needs to understand how the coaches put things together give him some time to get acclimated to that then he can play in the meantime 
we need a veteran who can come in and play. Now, where all of this kind of goes astray, Lance, is why they would sign Mitch Trubisky when they had Mitch immobile Mitch Trubisky in, in Mason Rudolph already there. That was going to be my to next me, question. That's where it becomes a mistake, not because Trubisky couldn't get it done. To be honest with you, I don't think Rudolph would have done any better. Maybe it, another argument for another time. But the, the end result, we, I mean, we're, we're splitting hairs at that point. I, I don't know. I think Rudolph would have taken a shot or two deep. Maybe he completes one or two deep. Maybe he's got better numbers overall. I, I, the offense is not significantly better with Mason Rudolph in there. I don't know if it's going to be better with Kenny Pickett. I, I like their chances of it, and I, I like the decision uh, to, to yank him when they did. But when I say this was a mistake, it in all, to me, in all honesty, it's more bringing in a new quarterback with experience, but a new quarterback trumps what you already have in place. Now, what we get into then is a, an issue of salary. Now, you're not paying Trubisky a whole lot of money, relatively speaking, uh, it, as far as vet starters go, he's not making a significant amount of money for, for that position. Not at all. We got the the results we thought that we would get. He did not play for as long as I kind of thought that he would, but I'm not surprised with the move that they made. It, he got benched after the first half in, in week four. And to be honest with you, that wasn't his worst half. I mean, he didn't play well, but he hasn't, he hasn't played well all year. We're used to that. That wasn't his worst half of football. They benched him because the offense slogged around him. And in my opinion, that's largely because they told him to go out and do exactly what he did. He wasn't taking chances. It's not because we don't know whether that that's a, a choice that he made, but to have that consistently be the theme week in and week out, that's coaching. He was told to do that. He tried, I think, one deep pass uh, against um, – the Jets that that wasn't anywhere close. He's not a good deep ball thrower. He does not see the field particularly well. What they banked on with Mitch Trubisky was short rhythm stuff. Get rid of the ball. He has escapability behind a bad offensive line. They're going to throw short to minimize the effect of of a, 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 a new offensive line by and large. You got new pieces in there. You've got a new coach in there. They wanted to mitigate the damage that their offensive line or their, their offense in general had already suffered just due to the fact that there's not a whole lot there up front. They tried to mitigate as best they could. And there was a matter of time until uh, Pickett was going to take over. And you know how I know that Lance, the exact same thing happened when Mitch Trubisky was a rookie. They benched Mike Glennon, I think after four, four, five games, something like that. And Trubisky came in Glenn. It's not that Glennon was good or bad. It's that Glennon, wasn't the guy they drafted and it was a matter of time until the guy they drafted they're going to feel what was up and, and ready to go so in the end i'm not surprised by the decision i wouldn't categorize it as a mistake the real mistake and and please people don't take this the wrong way the real mistake was those of you who thought that mitch trubisky was going to be better than this that they were going to improve because he was in there that was never going to happen and the results speak for themselves I want to continue this discussion after we bring Nick in because Nick is getting ready to come in uh, for the interview. But essentially, I think what you said in such an elegant way, I'm going to say in a more crass, edited way. Thank you. <laughs> more concrete, more more discreet way. Not discreet, but more just a more. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say, listeners. Essentially, 
Mitch Trubisky was the rebound girlfriend. He was the rebound. He was the slump buster. He was the one that you date to just get your groove back and then you lose their number. That's what Mitch Trubisky was. And sometimes that relationship lasts five weeks. Sometimes it lasts two weeks. Hell, sometimes it lasts one night. But that's what Mitch (laughs) Trubisky was. And now we're moving forward to the real thing. But Mitch Trubisky was a bad three and a half week stand. That's what Mitch Trubisky was. Exactly. He got on your nerves after about date three. And it just wasn't worth it anymore. Date Let three was the date through. you didn't even want to go on. You went on yes. because you said that you would for some reason or other. We can go for a while on, on bad dating experiences in Mitch yeah. Trubisky. <laughs> I mean, they just ghosted Mitch. It's pretty Mitch. clear that they, there's a here, problem. Here's there. the thing. They ghosted Mitch. And they're going to make Mitch pay for dinner still because he's going to go out as the captain on the coin flip. Oh, wow. That's right. He is. He's still a captain, isn't he? Oh boy. He's still wearing. That's going to be awkward. He's <laughs> really wearing the that him. <laughs> Trubisky shows up without the C anymore. <laughs> he's with the C. See you later. Oh, That's what you, he's you wearing. Go over here now. Okay. <laughs> See your way over here. It's picket time. But more than just picket time, it is Nick time. What's happening, Nick? Welcome to the program, Neil. Do the honors, Nick. It's good to see you. This is uh, Nick Woten. He is the editor of our esteemed Bill's Wire site, one of the best sites that we have on the network. Perfect hire for Nick. He came in uh, pretty much right at the the rise of Josh Allen into NFL superstardom. And we were excited then to have him. We're definitely excited now. Thanks for thanks for joining us, Nick. How you doing? Well, that's a wonderful introduction, Neil. I really appreciate that. And uh, great to see you guys. Thanks for having me. And uh and such a pivotal, historic week in Pittsburgh Steelers history. I get to join you guys in the podcast with the with the Kenny Pickett era beginning. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, great to uh, are, great to be here. We said that before you got on. This is <laughs> the biggest underdog the Steelers have been in the Mike Tomlin era. Were you aware of that? Fourteen points. I did not know that, but that's that's does, that is quite. Does that surprise you at all? <laughs> considering his longevity, that is, uh, yeah, wow. Um, that's that's something <laughs> I think that's I think it's credit to the bills more than anything but um, you, you throw in the the added there, there's always an added component you know when you don't see lines like this in the NFL all that often you know a couple times a year you'll get it but it, it usually there's an injury or a change of some type that, that gets involved I don't necessarily think it reflects a, an overall uh, talent disparity but let's be real the bills are loaded they've got it everywhere they're playing like it now uh, let me start you off with this. Last year's game, I've gone on the record as saying that that was one of the more fluky wins I've seen in the NFL. Do you feel like the Bills will think about that? That was that was an embarrassing way for them to start the season last year. Is, is this going to come up in their minds at all? Does Sean McDermott say anything to him about it? I mean, I got to say yes. It, Sean McDermott is the... I mean, I guess he's cut from the same cloth as as Mike Tomlin. As everyone knows, they both went to uh, William and Mary, I believe, uh, 
same college and uh yeah they're from the same cut from the same cloth Tomlin's a little more edgy he gives us some good gifts and stuff on the internet but Sean McDermott is is 100% going to be that coach it's not going to say anything during a press conference and he's going to be behind the scenes reminding these guys of a game like that you see they give you a little bit of you know glimpses behind the scene even just when they beat the Ravens uh you know last week uh total cliche um you know, how about those boys from Buffalo that, you know, he shows the team shows that video on the, uh, you know, so he's 100% going to remind me of that because I mean, you're going to this, this season, you know, they have such, such huge expectations. Same thing last season though. Right. I mean, the bill may be bigger this year after that Kansas city game, in the playoffs, but um, same thing. I mean, you use the word fluky, you know, so I'll use that word. <laughs> the bills had huge expectations last year and, you know, they got knocked right down by the Steelers team week one last year. You got to believe that 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 might be posted as the the guy who puts the championship caliber signs up all over one bill drive, the playoff caliber signs. I, I guarantee like that score line, that box score is probably somewhere in the Bills locker room. I mean, one of the things necessary to be a head coach is you have to be sufficiently petty. And so, you know, I'm sure Sean McDermott, like Mike Tomlin, has a master's degree in pettiness, and I'm sure they use every single motivational tactic in their tool shed to get a team ready uh, to play this week. I wanted to ask you about uh, the Bills' offense overall. What's the foundation of that offense? I know there was a lot of talk about the Bills trying to run the ball a little bit more, but we've seen that it's come down to you know Josh Allen throwing a ball like a massive 60-something times against uh, Miami. What, what's the foundation of this offense? And, you know, in an ideal world, what do they want to be? Well, in an ideal world, they want to be a team that can throw the ball and run the ball. But no matter what efforts they make with their offensive line, I mean, Roger Saffold, they got this offseason, re-signed a guy, Ryan Bates. They really want to get an offensive line that can help these running backs out, but they just simply can't do it. So foundation, I mean, no surprise there. It's Josh Allen, of course, but their new, uh, I guess, quote unquote running game that you're starting to see them uh, pull out is instead of turn around, Devin Singletary, here's the ball. It's a little bit more, I don't want to say dink and dunk with Josh Allen, but get some quick passes, get it to a guy out in space. A couple times a game, it is Singletary, but yeah, I mean, Josh Allen just slinging that ball out there is their foundation. I don't think they want to see many more 63 pass attempt games, which I had two weeks ago. I mean, 400 yards was nice. Got them to climb the standings over two for, for a week um, in terms of the passing yards. I'm sure Bill's fans appreciated a, you know, jump a, jump a Dolphins quarterback. But yeah, their, their foundation is 100% Josh Allen, even running the ball in the sense of him actually running the ball. They did a couple more designed runs a game with with Brian Dable as opposed to Ken Dorsey, but Ken Dorsey's more like, you know, uh, snap from the shotgun, get it out quick to Diggs, get it out quick to McKenzie. There's your three, four yards. There's your running game right there. So then it's a little bit of seconding short because they simply actually running the ball. They they the reason why they got down last week is they got into so many second and long, third and long early in that game, and it just. They're not getting any push in, in, in the trenches, unfortunately. So, yeah, Josh Allen is, you know, the end-all, be-all of this this Bills offense. You think of the long passes, but even the shorter ones, even him running the ball, that's the Bills. Let me ask you about this since we're talking about offense. Uh, Stephon Diggs broke the Bills' single-season receptions record last year with 103. Topped uh, Eric Moulds, who's a blast from the past, who had 102,002. So you're looking at a 20-year record. 
He's on pace for 131 catches this year. Um, how how big of a factor is he in this offense? Because he he is he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. As as perfect a wide receiver as you're going to get, as far as a route runner goes, hands, uh, competitive ability. How important is he into their overall scheme, whether they're trying to run the ball or not? They're getting him the ball quite a bit. Yeah, I think, Neil, to, to your point, even going forward this year, especially early so far, I mean, you're seeing his numbers. They speak for themselves. But the the reason is, I mean, you know, our favorite friend, Cole Beasley in Buffalo, whether you like him, whether you love him, he was a polarizing guy, but he's not there anymore. So that volume going to Steph Diggs. Gabe Davis, I mean, you wouldn't have thought it last week, but he played the same amount of snaps as as uh, as as Stephon Diggs, every snap pretty much on offense. And he's been very quiet early this year. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. For whatever reason, Dawson Knox, he's also banged up a little bit, but he's not getting to the end zone like he usually is. So even more so, Steph Diggs is just, he is, along with Allen, really that foundation. And um, the thing that they quickly showed in Buffalo two years ago when Steph got there, is that they are not afraid to just keep throwing him the ball. It's the one that's super magnified in the NFL right now is, of course, Cooper Cup. Just every play is going to him. 20 it's, targets. It's, it's yeah, it is, it is crazy. Um, but it, it's it's not quite to that level, but it's not the farthest off, I don't think, in Buffalo because whether it's very early in Diggs' career was the intermediate routes, which were perfect for him, perfect for, for Allen. That was their bread and butter. But, I mean, like I said before, Snap, get the ball to him right away. They're doing that more deep. I mean, the deep shots have kind of always been there, but always those intermediate routes. Now they're just get, getting it's apologize. Um, they're getting him the ball in just so many more creative ways because these other options aren't so much there. I didn't even mention the running game. The running game has just kind of never been there really for the Bills. But yeah, Steph Diggs and this chemistry that those two have built up, um, you know, between their cute Sports Illustrated cover, hugging each other and everything else you see, it seems to be really legitimate that these guys just their chemistry on and off the field just is immense and you know that's why he passed the uh the the blast from the past the once bill's great eric molds on the uh, receiving chart eric molds was a dog i love that guy emo yeah <laughs> big wide receiver you know one of those big wide receiver types like a to but let me ask you this uh going into the game uh witherspoon is out minka fitzpatrick has a knee Cam Sutton has a groin. Whole secondary is hurt. I believe that Edmonds is still in the concussion protocol. I want you to look into your Nick Stradamus, your ball, your crystal ball, and and give me a stat line in this game for Stephon Diggs. You know how how how, what's it going to look like at the end of the game, particularly with these injuries, and if the Bills are successful in this game, what does his stat line look like? Well, if the Bills are successful, it's going to be a great stat line. But, I mean, you guys are just sleeping on our old friend Levi Wallace over there. Come on. I mean, Levi he's going Wallace. to obviously shut shut him down. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Wallace yeah, isn't uh, bad for the money. Wallace I, isn't bad. I was, surprised, like I was surprised that the Bills didn't bring him back, to be honest. But uh, I know Leslie Frazier loves the guy. But, um, anyways, uh, <laughs> Stefan Diggs, I mean, I think we're probably – Again, with the injuries and what's going on in the Bills offense and just force feeding him the ball. It's more similar this year to Diggs' first season in Buffalo. Last year, I think with the emergence uh, late of Gabe Davis, and we saw it in that Chiefs game, four touchdowns. Um, Not that that took away from Diggs because he still had incredible stats the last two years. But that first year was really like, you know, it always reminded me that first year where I would place the same game parlay. And I'm like, 
there's no way that Diggs is going to get like over 100 yards again, right? And it just kept happening. It just kept going to him so many times, no matter what. Stat line, um, I mean, I'll definitely go with eight-plus catches for sure. Um, we'll, 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 you know, with those that banged-up secondary you guys got, I would not be surprised if Diggs gets back over 100 yards. Last week with the weather, um, Allen got it done a little bit more with his legs, of course, and the the uh, him and Lamar in, in that game. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go at least eight catches and 80, 90 yards somewhere in there, uh, depending on how his uh, how his yak is looking that day. But yeah, it, it could be lining up for a big big day for Step Diggs because he's he's the pulse of the passing game, no doubt about it. I Let want to ask you another quick question before you hop in, Neil, because we got a question from uh, from Raymond Santiago. Address this, Nick, real quick. Um, if Gabe, will, what's Gabe? And so Raymond asked, ask Nick if Gabe will have a breakout game. That's tough to say. Um, I want to say out, yes. Because, pardon? He's kind of broken out already, hasn't he? Uh, well, yeah, in his career, he has broken out. He's had a weird first two years because in his first year, he he was, you know, a mid-round rookie, so they weren't going to him a ton. And then eventually, um, John Brown um, got injured. End of the year, he started getting more targets. Honestly, mirrored it last year at Emmanuel Sanders. He got injured late. Gabe Davis comes in. This is supposed to be the first year, day one, that Gabe Davis was going to come in here. And that's why he you see all, you know, Field Yates and all these guys saying that he's the fantasy football guy that you want to get in your team, but he's been a little bit of a dud. It's tough to say. Um, with the injuries that the Steelers have, you guys make a great point. It's it's possible. I I If you're looking for him to have that big breakout game for your fantasy team, I might wait to see him prove it a little bit because, again, he's had this ankle injury that – it's just been bothering him. I mean, he's he you really didn't even notice him at all last week. The thing that stood out to me the most on the snap counts, like I said, I couldn't believe that Gabe Davis was out there that much. I thought maybe oh the ankle injury he he he, he was just invisible last week. So, I I would say I'll give the Steelers not 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 to say that I think that they're bad at all, um but the Steelers I will I will give them I think that they're 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 going to be able to keep Gabe Davis at bay because he just there's something that's going on. I don't think this is going to be the breakout game for him. I would probably give him a couple weeks after the Bills bye week, I believe is in week seven. Uh, they play the Packers right after on Sunday night. That I think might be the time. Second half of the year, you want to start throwing Gabe Davis out there. Give him some time to heal up that ankle because he just hasn't been himself. There are a few tight ends in the game who are mandatory seven, eight plus targets. Gabe Davis probably isn't one of them, but he's the kind of guy uh, from what I've seen anyway, that if they scheme up a game for him, if they feel that they have an advantage, um, it, it, he'll eat. And against this team, um, for what we've seen in, in terms of coverage, particularly from their linebacker positions, if they move him around, they'll have an advantage. What I would say is, is this. I don't know if both Diggs and Davis would have statistically – good games because I just I really don't see Pittsburgh slowing them down to the point where this isn't 21 to three in the second quarter and from there it's work on your run game don't put enough stuff down on film for real opponents to, <laughs> to key off of you overall do, do you feel this is that kind of game for Buffalo do you really I'm not saying anybody's overlooking anybody else but is this a kind of a, a, a get right game for them is that the, the vibe that you're getting yeah, that is actually, I think I, I might have written that exact word this week, Neil, so maybe you're uh, up on your Billswear content. Um, but uh, Maybe. 
it's uh <laughs> but um it, i it has that feel a little bit after the lull down in miami after you know the bills they they came back it was a great comeback win last week but there's no doubt about it they look ugly early the weather i think played a part to add on to that they're back at home and i think you know Buffalo is a great home field advantage, especially when this this team doing as well as they are. Um, I, I think it's going to be quite the hostile environment for a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, that's 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 not to say that uh, you know I I I don't think that uh, I was watching that Jets game last week uh, against with the Steelers, and I, there was you know the late um, uh, hail mary interception, and and Pickett seemed to spark him a little bit, but. I think he'll have a couple plays here or there, but yeah, I think this is going to be a, a little bit of a get right game for, for the bills in terms of the running game. I don't think I will ever bet on that. Um, if they just can't get it going on offense, but uh, yeah, yeah. They seem to get it right on defense last week. And then on offense, I think the bills like to your point, Neil, I think they're going to come out humming a little bit. And if that first drive ends up in points, I think it might be a pretty long day for the Steelers. I don't know what drive won't end up in points. <laughs> I mean, wow. Where the Steelers are We have no secondary. <laughs> We're good anyway, and now all of them are hurt. I what mean, are they going to wow. do? How many Bills, times? Bills can pick and choose what they want to do in this game. You know, how many times have you heard Steelers and get right in yeah. the same sense? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen point underdogs. That's never happened. I don't. I, I think their their second lowest is like 11 and a half. I think you go back that, go back to Super Bowl 30. That was like I think the the one of the biggest, maybe not the biggest, but um in the last 30-ish, 40-ish years, eleven and a half in, in the Super Bowl was like the biggest. But to go up to 14 in a week five game, and I it, it, again I, I think it's a combination of things. You know, it, it it's I don't think Pittsburgh is that bad. I think Buffalo is that good. And I think Pittsburgh is really just hitting the wrong team at the wrong time. Um, you got to make the move of quarterback when you need to make the move. And I'm, I'm fine with this. I would have been fine with the last week too. You needed to do something there. But the, the reality is you're starting a rookie against a good defensive team uh, that can score a lot of points. You're asking, um, you're, you're asking a ton out of your offense to keep the, the monster Josh Allen on the sideline. And I don't think they're good enough to do that. I don't think they're, they're able to run the ball enough. They're going to punt a lot and Buffalo is going to score two out of three drives normally um, against against an average defense. I don't know how good Pittsburgh's defense is going to be. Um, we saw problems with it late last week. We saw great stuff before that. I think we, we kind of missed the boat on, on how well they played defensively in stretches uh, last week because of how rough it was uh, over the last two games. But Zach Wilson left a lot on the field. Josh Allen's not going to do that. This is going to be savage in a lot of ways. I, I will say I think that the the biggest key here that um, is going to be the difference maker for this one. This game reminds me a lot of the Bills versus Titans already. We saw how that one ended on Monday Night Football Week 2. The Bills just blew them out of the water. The Titans didn't have Langery in there, their, their pass rusher. And the Steelers don't have, I don't know, that guy, okay player Watt. Um Langer against the Bills, it was so good. Like every single time I looked at the box score, and it's like, wow. And the way I described on a another podcast earlier this week was TJ Watt and the Bills. When I go through the photos on Bills Wire and I type in TJ Watt, there are far too many photos of him and Josh Allen together. You know what I mean? That was that was a great play. <laughs> it's it's in the it's in the intro too on, on CBS in their uh um what do they call that? The segue reel. Uh coming in and out of commercials 
they show mm-hmm. Watt coming up on Allen. He's just about to chop at him. And, and from what I recall, that was a fumble down the field. It was yes. a great play. They don't show the fumble, though. It's really interesting. They cut it right before the, the marquee player, the star quarterback, fumbles the ball. But Coming it, behind it's, him, it's right? a great shot. Yeah, Watt, Watt, is, Watt has done really well against Buffalo. In, in some, yeah, um, I think he's been the game wrecker against Buffalo. I mean, he's he's almost per game. He's got – I looked at his box score again before I got on here. He's got two forced fumbles in three games against the Bills. He has, I think, two and yep. a half sacks, so almost a sack per game, almost a pass defended per game, almost a tackle per loss per, per game. I mean, those are big plays from just one guy. Just he's the Steelers and the Titans have both had the Bills number a little bit the last couple of years. And they're like awkwardly along. I guess, you know, when you finish in the standings a couple of years in a row, of course, you play the non-divisional opponents in the AFC several times in a row. And that's that's why we're here again. But, um, uh, you, you know, um, it's it's just been that one guy that is just, that one guy, that one team has had the Bills number and then he's not there. And I know there's that whole narrative, too, going on right now that just not having T.J. Watt in general has been bad news for the Steelers, but particularly against the Bills, like you said, Neil, there's the opening where it's because that's been the like MO. Every the crypt- it was the kryptonite. You know, last yeah, year, Watt, yeah. a couple of them made a, a, a lot of big plays. I mean, the Steelers don't win without the, the Herculean effort uh, from their defense last year and probably a lot of other things as well. Um, I want to I want to throw this quote at you from Jordan Poyer here, um, reigning defensive player of the week, I believe. Correct. He was named yep. the AFC defensive player of the week for his two interception performance over the Ravens last week in Buffalo's win. Uh, Poyer on the Pat McAfee show said this about Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett. <clears throat> They've got a rookie quarterback coming in there, a top first round pick, a guy who has all the potential in the world. Um, what do you think about that? Is that puffery? Is he kind of overselling it for the sake of that? Is that kind of a McDermott tool? I think that's a, a little of a McDermott tool. He he doesn't want any of these guys saying anything. Um yeah, that's I, I would say that's 100 percent a McDermott tool. Um, and it might even be a little bit of a uh, I don't want to say, um, you know, love for Mitch uh, Trubisky, but, uh, you know, former former teammate, you know, and, oh, don't and tell I, me I, Buffalo would not have loved Mitch Trubisky starting this game. Don't even try to. <laughs> no, 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 no. I you know, I, I think that, you know, they 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 get a bond in this locker room and and, um, you know, having been in there before, these guys, uh, uh, they, they always seem very tight under McDermott, at least, you know, more so than uh, more so than that guy in Brooks Ryan. <laughs> they uh, they seem very tight in that locker room. And, uh, you know, if anything, I you know, just saying, oh, yeah, almost in a way, Mitch isn't in there because this picket guy has so much talent. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely, you know, uh, you don't want to give any 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 fire to the other team at all. You know, it's, let me, that's, that's let me what finish. I think. Let me finish it off just because um, he did kind of speak specifically, which is I, I wanted to kind of highlight the, the, you know, the, the McDermott type quote, and then they got something more out of him in regards to the Steelers simplifying their offense for Kenny Pickett. Jordan Poyer said they didn't really change much in the second half of the Jets game and the way they were running the ball with the plays they were calling. So I'm sure I'm so I'm sure they're going to come out with some little wrinkles for us on Sunday but you really just kind of watch their offense as a whole, get some tips, get some reminders throughout the week. Are there really any reminders of this offense? I mean, they're, they're not doing anything overly complex, whether that's Trubisky or Pickett. Does this seem like it, it could be a situation in which uh, the Steelers uh, who have not, they, they don't have a whole lot of film with Kenny Pickett starting. Do you think Buffalo feels that element of surprise is, is at work here? 
I think, yeah, again, I think that this is the Bills covering their bases a little bit. You don't really know what you because team to team, things are different, of course. But I think aside from Jordan Poyer, I think the the biggest impact makers in this one are actually going to be Dane Jackson and DeMar Hamlin, a couple other guys that roam the secondary of the Bills. They actually were teammates with Pickett in college. So they probably know his game a little bit, and I think that they're yeah. going to probably lean on them quite a bit, um, it, which ironically enough now uh, – with the injury bug that has hit the Bills as well. You, you mentioned with you guys too, you know, Travis White's still out, Micah Hyde's out for the season. I mean, it was crazy to think, like you said earlier this week, it's crazy to think that all of a sudden you think back to a year ago, nobody on earth would be yearning for a guy named Dane Jackson to get back in the lineup. Very <laughs> scary injury that he had, of course, with the, the, the weird tackle yeah. by his own teammate. But yeah, it's just everyone's, oh my gosh, can Dane come back? Can Dane come back? And now everyone, I, I think no matter what, of course, former teammate, you're going to rely on him. But uh, yeah, it, to answer, yeah, I mean, Poyer's definitely covering themselves a little bit. You know, I mean, he's been in the NFL for a while. Crazy things happen. Maybe the Steelers, you know, pull something off here. I'm not saying put a wager on that because I probably would not um, save your $5 or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, I, the Steelers have, to your, like you said, with, with Trubisky, you're not doing anything that's going to be overly crazy. And, um, you know, what you're doing with Josh Allen, I mean, the Bills signed him basically because he could move the ball with his legs need be. Just not just like Allen can. Allen does it voluntarily a lot more than Shubisky ever did. <laughs> but um, he's a grossly overrated runner, as we saw. Yeah, yeah, he is yeah. different than I mean, good good pocket quickness. He, you know, to, to his credit, he avoided a good amount of sacks. Um, he took probably more than he should have. But when he got outside of the pocket, he's just as dumb as a post. I mean, he just has no clue <laughs> where anybody was or what to do with the ball. He's just, he played scared. I mean, it, it looked like he wasn't very good beyond his first read, to be honest, with a couple times. I, I, I watched. think you could have stopped at he wasn't very good. I, I just, <laughs> that's the story. There's not 500 words on, on Mitch Trubisky's time in Pittsburgh. He just wasn't yeah. good. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I, I also, yeah, like I said, I just wanted to bring up that I think Jackson and Hamlin, they're going to be Hamlin starting. He started last week for Micah Hyde. So these going to be some, I think, key players that, uh, you know, they're going to be able to give, you know, our man Poe over there, the uh, the old uh, one, two on uh, on Kenny Pickett's game. I think that's going to be a big difference maker. And uh, I don't know. Are they going to come out slinging the ball? I very much doubt it. But yeah, shut the Sean McDermott one class 101 of PR probably is uh, right there next to Jordan Poirier when he's saying certain things like that. <laughs> when, when I've watched the Bills this year, I've been impressed with uh, the fact that they don't give up big plays in the passing game. We were talking about uh, pressure in this game and, and the lack of TJ Watt. Alex Highsmith has played very well this year. Um, he's second in the National Football League with five and a half sacks. The only thing I see as a possible Achilles heel uh, of the Bills is their inability to run it when they want to run it, and also um, their offensive line. I don't think I don't think in terms of pass pro, I don't they don't give up a lot of sacks, but I don't think it's the greatest either. Highlight a matchup. Um, is there a particular matchup when you think about Highsmith in this game? Who will he be able to take advantage of? You know, how will they address him? Uh, how do you see that going in this game? I think with the Steelers, if you're thinking pass rush, where should they attack the Bills offensive line? Definitely on the right side. That's where Spencer Brown is. Second year pro. I mean, he's had his ups and downs. Bills fans love him. They love him for one reason. If you got an offensive lineman who's six foot eight, and when someone scores a touchdown, he celebrates and he grabs the beer out of the guy's hand in the front row and he starts 
porn himself with it, you're you know number one fan favorite in Buffalo. That's what he did that last. Guy. That's, that's what best. he did last year. Um, it was awesome. But on that right side, uh, Brown, he was he was he was pretty solid last year. Um, this year he had back surgery in the off season, and um, you know I, I'm not one to you know those the all 22 people see him reach him to his back uh, last after last game. Did he have an itch or did his back hurt? I don't know, but um, not going to overlook that. But it seems like, you know, his his maybe that back injury is maybe slowing him down a little bit this year. He's not doing his he, he, he didn't take that step that a lot of people wanted. And then I mentioned a name, Ryan Bates earlier. Uh, Bills re-signed him. Well, he tendered a contract by the Chicago Bears. Bills matched it. So he's going to be their guy at right guard going forward. While he's been in the league for a little bit longer, He's also a bit inexperienced. He only started for the Bills, I think, and he was their third option that went in there. They had John Feliciano, and they had Ike Butker, who went in there. And then once both those guys were down, then Ryan Bates went in, and they decided they liked him, kept him going. He really has only started, like, a handful of games. He started the last four games, I think, of the regular season, then a couple games in the playoffs, and we're only a couple games into this season. He's a bit inexperienced. So that inexperience over there, if you're looking to line someone up over – Get on that right side. Overload that side of the of, of the Bills' offensive line. Other side, you got you know Deion Dawkins is pretty good, Pro Bowler. Saffold, Pro Bowler. He's he's all right. Not, not that great start to his Bills career, but yeah, that that right side of the line that that could be uh, definitely exploited. But to the Bills, um, you know, for their sake, the good news is is that uh, Josh Allen throws with his right hand, so he's going to see those guys coming right at him, and that's why the Bills' their offensive line is. Is, is not giving up as many sacks because when you have a six foot five guy back there that can move pretty dang good. And like an old friend of your guy, your guys and in, in Roethlisberger, he can get up the field a little bit quicker. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he, Allen's legs definitely help like, overload that right side of the line. That's probably your guy's best chance. Just to throw this in here, Lance um, <clears throat> media assembled at the Southside facility in Pittsburgh um, quoted Steelers center Mason Cole as saying, quote, I don't care that the Steelers are entering this game as the biggest underdog the franchise has been since the 1960s. So I was way off. Um, that's that's crazy. I, I The historical angle of this is really kind of enjoyable. <laughs> 14 points doesn't even happen more than once or twice a season. And I, I wasn't optimistic about the Steelers team this year, but if you would have told me that they were going to be 14 point underdogs in a game this season, one, I would have guessed probably at Buffalo week five that came out like, Ooh, okay. Lance, we, I think that was one of our few um, agreed upon picks at the beginning of the year. They weren't winning that one. And you probably would have had multiple injuries in that game. And TJ Watt counts as at least two players. So I can see where it comes from, but it, it just, it, it's, surprising to me um just because I've, I've never covered it i wasn't even close to alive the last time this has happened and they were terrible in the 60s it was probably every other week they were they were underdogs by that level so um yeah you got anything else lance well let's get to prediction time nick prediction uh, time. let you go nick give me give me give me your prediction well more so we know what your prediction is going to be i, I think the more interesting question is do the bills cover I actually went with that the Bills, if it goes over, you know, the spread moves throughout the week, if it goes over to like 14 and a half, I might be interested to take the Steelers because I can see an envision in world where we're seeing Kenny Pickett going out there against Terrell Dodson, Terrell Bernard, a couple, 
couple backup linebackers, a couple backup safeties in there. Maybe that's a big spread, maybe a little backdoor cover. That's what I was thinking maybe could happen. I mean, that's that's so many points to take that I think I might take the points there. But having said that, I mean, it might be like a, you know, we're, we're at halftime 21 to three. Bills go out there, they get another one, another field goal, something. Uh, yeah, it's it's I, I'm thinking take the points because it's just so many points. You never see that with the Steelers and they do have talent. You know, they're, they're not all, they're not, they're not all, I know they're beaten up a little bit and, but you know, the, the depth in the NFL, no matter what, um, I'm, I'm being kind. <laughs> I said that they would okay. cover. This is pretty kind, you guys. I don't, I don't know what you're expecting. If it goes over, if it goes over uh, 14, I say they cover, but if it, if it, if it two touchdowns, I think the bill's got that. Thank you, Nick, for joining us. Everybody out there, make sure you go to Bill's Wire. I think it's what? Billswire.usa.com? usatoday.com? Is that Nailed the, it. The, thank That's you. Good. So uh, thank you, Nick, for joining us, and thank you for being nice in his Avenue Records. <laughs> thank you for asking Nick to be. You didn't have to be nice for us. You could have just kept it funky. You could have kept it Gucci. You could have you picked 4110. We wouldn't have been upset if you picked 4110. It's just what you feel i know that's what you feel 41 10 but i will say this it's fine and, and my dad is a braves fan so i'm just going to throw that at yeah, you boy. and say uh, i wanted to toss that out there I, yeah take that you, you got on the with you. now all right i take everything back the bills are covering i don't care what the spread is after the braves comment <laughs> <laughs> thank you nick for joining us yeah thanks talk so much for having me guys we'll thanks, talk to you nick. soon all right checks in the mail <laughs> Neil, let, let, let's let's that that's great from Nick. Make sure you go to billswire.com. Did he give us the score? He didn't even give us the score, did he? He I, I he didn't have to give us a I just wanted to see if if, if he wanted to cover if he thought they would cover the spread. This is a game where uh score doesn't necessarily matter. <laughs> but it's not a NFL game. Ask, I don't really care about the score. That's how bad this game is. We were talking about the Kenny Pickett issue. And before we we jumped into Nick, I want to ask a question. I'm going to ask you a question from Mark Tobin. I'm going to answer it first, and then I want you to chime in on it. Mark Tobin wrote, and let me let me pull it up here. And I think it's a good question. Why not give Kenny a 10-day preparation instead of throwing him in the middle of the game? You had to know you was going to Kenny. Let, let, me, let, let me keep that up. Let me answer it this way. I think the whole Trubisky thing was, you know, Trubisky was a slump buster. That's what it is. And, and and I like the way you said it, Neil. I mean, they, they were in a position where, you know, it was it was him, it was Bridgewater. It could have been any of these guys. Case Keenum. It, it, it was just going to be a guy. It, it was going to be the rebound. With that being said, I love that Coach Tomlin used the word spark. Sparks are instantaneous. Sparks have a short time limit to them. A quick flash a spark by bringing Kenny Pickett in at halftime and describing him as a spark that the offense needed, I thought was the perfect way to do it because it allowed Mike Tomlin, if Kenny Pickett came in and did not play well, to go back to Mitch Trubisky in this game against the Bills. I think had you given Kenny Pickett the 10-day preparation at the bye week, you had you have to stick with Kenny Pickett. Now, I think they're going to stick with Kenny Pickett. He's been named the starter. 
I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable with that. But I think the way that they handled by doing it in the middle of the game gave Tomlin an out if he did not want to start Kenny Pickett in this game in Buffalo. What's your thoughts, Bill? Um, I'll, let's dig into this. The biggest opponent any NFL team has during the season is time. You don't have a whole lot of time, okay? They're, they don't practice on the field as much as you probably think that they do. They do a lot of film work, but a lot of that is, is not guided. It's kind of on their own. There's a bunch of, of the, the little detail stuff that they have to do. Okay. In that context, yes, 10 games or 10 days to prepare is, is going to be better um, in, in a global sense. You make the decision though on day minus one of that. So before they would even get into it, you're going to watch the film of, of what you saw from Trubisky against Cleveland. You'd have to make the decision that day. <clears throat> In the NFL, like I said, one of the biggest challenge they have is time. You don't have a whole lot of time to make those decisions. So the prevailing attitude, and Mike Tomlin lives by this, he speaks about it often, you don't prepare for failure. That's not a motivational speech. That's not something that, that's meant to draw out the emotional rah-rah on everybody. It's that you go with something and you go with it. You don't have time to change midway through. So you make the decision to start Mitch Trubisky and you prepare him as best you can to play. This is why backups don't get reps during practice. You have to load up everything with the idea in mind that your plan, your strategy is going to work because you don't have time to second guess it. You can't change everything on the fly. This isn't Madden. You can't just run a bunch of different plays. You have to have worked those plays. You have to have practiced them. You have to have discussed them. And you have to have matched them up uh, against your opponent mentally. You have to be able to do that. You need a lot of time to coordinate all of those things. To make the change at halftime is exactly as you said, Lance, meant to uh, uh, spark, jumpstart, whatever you want to say, uh, an offense that frankly, sucked. And I don't think it was even all Trubisky. Trubisky was Trubisky. I think there were a lot of bad plays. Um, and credit to uh, Robert Sala in the, the, the defensive job that the Jets did. Their front was nasty. Their defensive line is really good. It's really active. They did a lot of disruptive things. And the Steelers' offensive line was having a tough time keeping up with that. I'm not saying that all of the protection is on the quarterback, but a part of it is. He has to be able to call that out. They would have prepared him to do that. It seems to me like perhaps there was something lacking there. Um, and Mitch didn't play particularly well. I think Tomlin was sending a message that basically said, look, you know what? Okay, we gave you a shot. We even prepared you for this this week. You're not doing well enough. Many of you aren't doing well enough. We're bringing this guy in. And if he succeeds, the spotlight's on the rest of you. Okay, so it, it, we got to step up a bit here. I don't think, and, and Tomlin alluded to this as well, I don't think uh, the decision was made purely because of Mitch, okay? There's a difference between the, the cliche addition by subtraction and addition by addition. When you add in the new player, that changes the dynamic of what you have around you. And I, I really think the idea with Pickett was to change that up a bit. The play calling wasn't different. The execution was, you know, the standard is the standard. That's what that means. They're not going to change what they're doing because of who's in there necessarily. Now, that whether we actually believe this or not, I don't know. But it, it, with what with a quarterback change like that, 
in the short time that they had, it's better to do it that way than to prepare halfway for the starter because you did not prepare to fail. You don't say at the beginning of the time, well, if this doesn't work, we'll just go to plan B. You have to be all in on what they do. And that's the coach's job. And that's why coaches get fired. Whatever their plan is has to work. And if it doesn't, there are only so many things that you can do to change it. And to me, that's really what this was about. You play to win the game. We're getting ready to get into predictions. And the first prediction that jumped up here is a great one here. Not this one, but what's up, Mr. Tummy? Morning to you. Uh, I love Robert Cotting's or Coding's prediction, Steelers 100, Bills 0. That would be an excellent outcome to this game. But I don't think we're going to – we could easily just jump into predictions, but I think you guys know where we're headed in terms of our predictions. But I want this to be a little more interesting. So we're going to get into the predictions this way. We asked Nick if the Steelers – Or if the Bills will cover the spread? That's my question for you. Will the Bills cover the spread in this one? I like the way Nick answered that because that's really the thing. The NFL, we've spoken down about the Steelers this entire show, Lance. And I know off air, we, we have absolutely no expectation. They'll even compete in this game. 14 points, though, in the NFL is a massive margin. I know that that happens. But statistically, if you look every year, every week, Teams don't beat other teams by 14 points all that often. It's hard to do that. To predict that it's going to happen is even harder. Where is it going to be? 14 points is is a good spread for this game, I think. Um, A lot of a 14-point difference is determined situationally. Sean McDermott doesn't have any particular motivation to win by 28 points or to win by 7 points. And you always have the backdoor cover. Uh, like Nick alluded to, which is, for those who don't know, a backdoor cover, it would be in this case, the Steelers are 14-point underdogs. They score a touchdown with two seconds left in the game when they were down 21 to cover the spread right at the end. That's a backdoor cover. There's always those kinds of things because teams in the NFL, you're not like, you don't have blinders on just going forward, trying to score as many points as, as humanly possible. They back off after a while. And a big part of that is strategy. You don't want to put 90 plays on film if you don't have to, because your opponents are studying all of that. You don't need to score 80 points to win a game in the NFL. So they're not going, if if they get up 21 points, you're going to see them run peanut butter and jelly. It's not going to be high level, high detail, the kinds of stuff that they want to run. They're going to go into their basic stuff until the game is close enough that they need to open it up a little bit more. Um, 21 points, by the way, that, that's probably not accurate for what I just said. Call it 35. If they're up by that much, then you'll see them dial it back a bit. Um, it, it, they aren't playing to the point spread. So for me, I'm really on the fence. I tend to not take uh, uh, favorites over 11 and a half just because you just don't see it all that often. Weird things happen all the time. Um, with the rookie quarterback in there, it's even harder to tell. I would stay away from this if, if I was betting. I just wouldn't get into this game at all. For the sake of the show, I, I think the Steelers will cover just because I, I don't think Buffalo is going to really step on the gas. I, I don't think this is a game that they need um, a, a huge amount of plays in order to win. I don't think I think they'll be backing off a lot in the second half just because the Steelers are going to struggle. Um, you need like a, a five turnover performance game and a lot of defensive plays 
from Buffalo in order to win. I think Pittsburgh is going to play pretty conservatively while they're trying to figure everything out. I just don't think a whole lot of points in this game are going to be scored. Uh, Buffalo is going to win comfortably. I would say my gut is like 31 to 13, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say 30, 17 Buffalo. All right. I was going to wait. I was going to ask a couple of more questions Sorry. before you got your prediction, but that's, well, that, forget that's I said fine. that I'll change it in five minutes. That, 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 that's fine. Uh, I'm going to answer that question by saying with Witherspoon out, Minka with the knee, Cam with the groin, and Edmonds in the concussion protocol, and starting Kenny, who has, according to George Teston, savoir faire. Uh, I'm going to say that the Bills cover. I, I think the Bills cover. And this leads to my second question, because the reason why I think the Bills will cover, and this is my second question, will the Steelers score as much as the spread? Um, that that is a good question. That's another bet to look at. Um, what that would mean really for the Steelers is probably 16 points. Um, I think they'll put together a lot of field goals. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want, I get the feeling Lance, we're going to be talking about this Sunday after the game. This will be the primary topic of conversation. I don't want to take a referendum on Kenny Pickett after this game. You I know, don't think this do is going to be a very good game. And I think a lot of people are going to be really upset by that. He, I don't think he's going to have a very good game. Uh, it's a good defensive team, and they're going to dial it up for him. They're they're going to crush him for a, a little while. Um, the gunslingers they throw picks like we saw. They uh, it, that's that's a nice that's a nice stat line. Um, that, no that's going to be my next question. <laughs> that's going to be my next question. <laughs> um, I. I I think Pittsburgh 16, 17, somewhere in there. They'll get a couple field goals. They'll they'll get, you know, it's hard to not score a touchdown in the NFL anymore. That might be backdoor variety. Um, I don't see him getting above 17 points in this game. So to answer your question, I think yes uh, over that, but not much. I'm going to say under that, the Bills are one of the better scoring defenses. Uh, When you can go to Miami on the road in 100-degree weather playing against that speed, and not give up what only give up 21 points um, at home against a rookie. Nah, I don't think the Steelers score 14 points in this game because the Steelers are probably averaging about 17 anyway. Yeah. I think Um, they're, I think they're at 18 and a half after last week. Bills don't give. I agree. I can't disagree with you, Lance. You know, bills don't give up big plays anyway. So, uh, and, and that's their secret power. I think people, People don't recognize that as much. That's their secret power. Yeah, we know that ask, they have ask Lamar. <laughs> yeah, Lamar yeah. got neutered on Sunday. I mean, they have the guy with the cape and Josh Allen, but uh, that defense is playing outstanding, and it has uh, for the last couple of years. Especially when you look at uh, Football Outsiders and you look at DVOA and you look at how they match up against one, two, and three receivers. I mean, they're like they're top five against they're, they're all types team. of receivers. I mean, the system is sound especially when you can put backups into their system, go to Miami and not give up a bunch of points because that's a coverage bus team. If you have them, you'll get killed against Miami and they play really sound in adverse conditions. Let's go to the stat line and big up to Raymond Santiago's Raymond put up there 33 or 44, 333, three TDs, one rushing touchdown, wow. two passes, two pass touchdowns and a loss to Buffalo. Let me just say that. 
if Kenny Pickett does that, <laughs> he will be sainted in Pittsburgh the following day. He'll be he will saint- launch his mayoral campaign for sure. He'll be Saint Kenny. He'll be Saint Pickett. That's and what we, he will we will be. flip everything from Matt Canada over to Terrell Austin. If that's the case too, because they lose a game with a quarterback that played like that. They got slaughtered on defense, which wouldn't yes. surprise me. That the second part of that could happen. Pickett with that line. <laughs> let me, hey, let me I, I'd love you, to see it. I would love I'm to see it. To, I'm, I want you to predict his stat line, but let me add this to his stat line. Will he throw more picks than Von Miller will have sacks? Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought that too. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that too. He's going to he's gonna throw two or more. I'll, I'll bet that all day. Unless unless they neuter him and, and keep it everything short the same way they do with Trubisky. Uh, but then you have to take out every deep route because he's going to throw it. I have faith that he will deliver the ball down the field. I don't have great faith that all of those plays are going to be made. Pickett's going to want to go for it. Um, beyond that, it, it's it, you, you can mess with quarterback. Inexperienced quarterbacks can be messed with and get non 50-50 type interceptions. You can get stuff across the middle. Um, the typical variables of, of tipping a pass, the line of scrimmage, that sort of thing. It, two or more for Kenny in this game. I, I think that'll happen. Yeah, that's that line that Raymond put up is is it is astronomical. I don't I don't know the stat line, but I I can imagine, you know, his rating will be, you know, 70, 60 70, something. 70 be okay. 70 be you okay. know, 60 something. I think he's going to struggle. I mean, the Bills for, are a tough start, defense. Mm, Even yeah, very good exactly. quarterback that's, struggle against the Bears. It, 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 that's that's exactly it. I'm not trying to rip Pickett. I'm just talking more about this. this is a really good defensive team in a game on the road. His first week of prep, um, it, it, an offense that isn't particularly talented anyway. I don't care what anybody says. That That's a tough ask for him to have a really good game. If he throws two touchdown passes to two picks, rushes for some yards and completes 65% of his passes. I I'll, I'll be happy with that. I'll be very happy with that. Um, they're not going to win the game. I, I can't think of a scenario in which Pittsburgh wins this game. I mistakenly said the bears, but I, I meant the bills and in the you. chat, that was uh, your first. That was your first foible today, too, Lance. Yes, yes, it was great. The we no got hitter, to the hour. no hitter was busted. I mean, we got to the hour mark. I was throwing a perfect game, and, and the <laughs> chat is entertaining and and really funny. Uh, Robert Cotting asked Raymond Santiago, "What have you been smoking in terms of the stat line?" And Ray came back and said, "I don't smoke. What are you talking about? Laughing M A O." Raymond is. Dead on ball, serious. That's yes, he is Kenny's stat line. Let's, uh, Raymond, please, please, uh, please tune in after the game Sunday. And yes, please tune in to the post show because we are going to go <laughs> ahead and wrap it up. We're, we're going to mention this. <laughs> well, well, let 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 let's give our scores before we wrap it up. I'm going to go with twenty eight to nine, and I think they cover, and um, I think they do take the breaks off. In the second half, largely because of what you said. I mean, there are very intelligent minds combing film, and you do not want to put too much out there. If you if you can handle a team doing as little as possible, you're going to yep. minimize injury and, that, and, and that's you're going to minimize information. This is teams are generally very even uh in the NFL. I know it seems crazy, but there's not a massive amount of difference between 
the it, take out the top three and the bottom three of the league, every team that's in that middle group, they're not all that different from one another. And it's designed to be like that. They want to keep things competitive and, and able to uh, be saved. In this case, it, it's hard to say going into a game, one team is 14 points better than another. And teams tend to play like that as well. They don't, they're not, unless there's a personal message that needs to be sent, which I can't imagine there is in week five against a non-divisional team, they're not going to run up the score on them. Because when you do that, your next team looks at how much you just ran. They see what you're doing, special stuff. All of your opponents benefit the more plays that you run. You don't want to run a ton of plays uh, if you don't have to for efficiency's sake. So I think, I don't want to say, you know, call off the dogs. It's just they're going to run some vanilla stuff. They're not going to mind running three minutes a clock and punting in the fourth quarter of this game. So I I, I think I'm going to go with 30 to 17 just because I, I just think the Steelers will cover the spread. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> call off the dogs. I think in this matchup, you don't even have to bring them. I mean, it's not even calling might not them even off. Be, not, might not, well, you're going to start Josh Allen. He's the yeah, alpha. Y- yes, yes. He's the BSD dog. Yes, 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 he is. But with that, I want to thank everybody for hopping in. I want to thank you also, Neil, for your time and your contributions. Big up to Nick, who joined us from Bill's Wire. And make sure you guys check that out to watch and read some enemy stuff. Go to billswire.usa.today.com. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Pick it. Go Steelers. <laughs>